This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. We have made it to the 100th Psalm. It is only five verses, not the shortest Psalm in the Bible. But but definitely one of the shortest, and it is a it's just a straight psalm of thanksgiving. In fact, that's the headline of the psalm. That's that's actually in the Hebrew a psalm of thanksgiving. And uh, pardon me, sometimes my throat early in the morning does not like to be broadened with a tie. And you say, I didn't know you were wearing a tie today. I have a, a funeral of a. Uh, a, a relative, not not someone in my close family, but someone, a great aunt. And I'm going to that today. The, the psalm here is a psalm of thanksgiving. He says, uh, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. And, and whenever you think about lands, when he says lands or or, or earth, all the earth, he's, he's just saying that, that, that everyone uh, should be praising God. Everyone making a joyful shout to the Lord. And I found that really uh, the reason we don't do that, generally speaking, is we don't actually uh, know him. We don't know him and, and we don't want to be excited about worshiping him. If, if that's the case with you, I would encourage you to know him. He says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all the lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Service to God is more in the context of relationships. And, and I know many have come from maybe even a Christian background or a, a church background where where serving God was was somewhat of a drudgery or made to be a drudgery or made to be something that, that was, you just basically were forced to do things. And that is not how God operates. God invites us. He He wants us to uh, serve him. We, he wants us to learn to be um, obedient, not because of obedience sake. He wants us to be obedient by faith. And uh, learning to trust him and then doing his, doing what he is, he has opened the door for us to do, allows us to uh, trust him more. And the context of all, of all service to God is the context of faith. And if we're being obedient to God for obedience sake, if we're being obedient to God just because uh, we're wanting to follow the rules, that's not the context that God wants faith, wants obedience to be done in. He wants us to, to be obedient to him because we trust him. And so serving the Lord should be something that uh, we're glad to do, that we're excited to do, that we have some desire and hope in. And so he says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Come before his presence with singing. That is a, uh, a lot of times people that are more bent in, in the direction that I'm bent in, people who are a little bit more like like logic, like to think through things through, singing seems to be not, it just seems to be so just not 
something that that is important it would seem who sees the world as i see the world it would seem like as you go into a worship service if you broke it down you would just say let's get through the stuff that doesn't really matter let's not get to let's get to the important stuff to the person that thinks that way if you feel that way about worship let me take you through just a little bit of a logical thought process as we go into worship even though you may not be musically inclined and even though you may not be musically excited about music and worship during the worship portion of the church service there are there is a type of music that touches you and that you really like and and you say well, what type of music is that i don't know what it is it's the music that you were listening to when you were a early to mid teenager on up into early adulthood whatever music that you were listening to if you're in your if you're in your 70s and and you grew up in the 1950s, 40s, 50s, and well, you were born at that time, and then you reached adulthood in the 60s, then you're probably a Beatles, Beach Boys, you're some kind of, of music like that. If you're like me and and you grew up in the mid-80s, then if you're my wife, it'd be Duran. For me, I liked a lot of country music, and then I also grew I loved Phil Collins, and you just, I, I could, a multitude of songs that you just come up with and you just think through what you liked. If you born after me, then there's a multitude, whatever that, that time period, those formative years where you were beginning to build your emotional uh, connections and learn how to connect with the opposite sex and things like that. During those time periods, during that time period, you connected with some music, some type of music, and I don't know what type of music that is. And the reason you connected with that music is because that music spoke to your emotive side, your soul, okay? And it touched your soul. Likewise, at some point in time, you connected with God, and you trusted God, and you began to serve God, and you begin to be called by God to do certain things. And if that hadn't been you, then you need to seek God out and want to touch and to trust him today. But when that was going on, whatever the worship style you were in at that time is something that appeals to you. It's appealing to you. And it is emotional for you. And you're connected to that type of worship. Okay? You're connected to that type of music because that's the time you connected with God. The cool thing about worship music, unlike the music that's more appealing to you on the secular level is, you can't go back and recreate a time period like today. And as a 50-year-old, I can't go recreate uh, uh, music, that a music style that, that touches my heart and connects with me now, because I, I don't feel like a teenager. I don't have that. I, I'm never going to be a teenager again. I'm never going to have that again, and so I can't reconnect, but you can with God. You can with God, and the music that that touched you as a teenager when you were connecting with God can be supplemented and grown, and you can connect with God today and, and really be serving God with gladness and with joy because you're being obedient by faith, and the music that, that is a part of that become also a connecting point between you and God. Because unlike your emotional development as a teenager, your spiritual development is ongoing and it can be very new every day. It can be every, it can be very new every day. And so 
A lot of times people, will, they'll be in their 50s and they'll show up to a church and all of a sudden it just feels like God is moving in their presence and their power and, and power there and they begin to serve and they begin to do and they begin to be a part of what God's doing and they begin to act on what God is doing in their lives and boy, they just are, they have a fire and a passion about them and whatever music that church is, is doing on Sunday morning becomes a special part of their, whereas what they connected with when they were young or maybe when they uh, first met God, that's also a powerful part of life. And they, they enjoy both of them. And music with God, spiritual worship is powerful and it is also timeless. It doesn't matter what your age is. You can connect with whatever it is by having an open heart and a heart of obedience, born of faith to God. And so he says, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. See, God asks us to come before his presence with singing. He, he says that. And the number of times this is said in, in the Bible is multiple. There are multiple times God asks us to enter into his presence with singing. And, and that is for the purpose of, he says in verse three, know that the Lord, he is God. You come into his presence with singing so that your emotional side is open to God so that your intellectual side is free to see God in his full presence and his full power. And so that you know that the Lord is God. You enter his presence with singing and then you know that he is God. Notice, I open emotionally and then I, my intellectual side sees his presence. And uh, boy, that's important, isn't it? And, and, and you don't even know, you, you don't even realize it's going on because it's so deep within you and how you're made and how God created you that it just comes naturally when you do it. When you enter in with a heart of worship and a heart of praise, your mind is expanded and your mind is opened up to hearing, seeing, knowing, and understanding God. He says, it says, it was he who has made us and not we ourselves. Notice what he's saying is, you're not gonna find yourself by looking inward. You're gonna find yourself by looking upward. You're not gonna, you know, so many people say, you just need to get out there and find yourself. No, that's the problem. I already know myself and I don't like myself. That, that's the problem. I know myself and I'm flawed. I don't need to know, I don't need to know me. I'm not, Knowing me is the problem. That's not the answer. The answer is to know the one who made you, to know the one who knows you more, far more intimately than you know yourself. That is the answer. The answer is to know God who intimately and wonderfully knows you. He says, we are his people and the sheep of his past. We're his. He wants us uh, to be a part of what he's doing. He wants us to be a part of his kingdom. And he's the one to seek out to understand. Now, this is a verse that I will quote a lot <clears throat> because it's very important for God's people when they are going through this process of seeking God out in worship and singing and worshiping. You, you should always start where God says start, and, and we enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You should start out being thankful. You should start out being, being thankful for who he is. 
And that means a song of, of thanksgiving, a song of, of thankfulness to who he is, a, a song of excitement should always be on our heart when we enter in. And then we enter his courts with that praise, with that with that adoration, with that entering in and focusing our minds on who he is. And so that's why worship should start with uh, joy and, and, th- and thanksgiving and then should move to move toward that praise where we adore him specifically for who he is. He says, enter his courts with thanksgiving, uh, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, be thankful to him and bless his name. That's, that is that emotional touch. That is the emotional touch that must be there so that we, we're prepared to actually meet and hear from him. The emotional touch opens your heart up to someone. The emotional touch opens your heart up to what they have going on in their lives and a genuine concern and a caring for who they are. And likewise, that's true of God caring about his heart and what his desires are for us and in his kingdom. He says, for the Lord is good, meaning the reason we should do this is because he is good and no one is good. No, not one. Each is turned to his own wicked ways, but he is good. He's right. And so we ought to do this because by definition, he is good. We ought to do this because God is good. His mercy is everlasting, meaning when God provides you with his mercy, giving you what you do not deserve, okay? Not giving you what you do deserve, which is mercy. Uh, We deserve to be cut off and separated, and he does not give that to us. And his not giving us what we have earned, which is poor, which is terrible, which is awful, which is condemnation, him not giving us that is everlasting, meaning he doesn't change his mind down the road. Once he's decided to give you mercy, then mercy is done and it's finished. And he doesn't turn back on that mercy. He says his mercy is everlasting. And once we've entered into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, once we've connected with him and been emotioned, then his truth endures to all generations but it begins by enduring in our heart. His truth endures in our heart. And so then we, that cognitive side that I like, that I am interested in, that understanding and seeing things at a depth that is appealing to me. See that now I'm in the position to actually understand. Now I'm in the position to actually know and his truth endures in that position. It's an enduring truth for me. His truth endures in my heart forever because I was willing to do and understand the process by which he brings me to his understanding. And understanding that process opens your mind up to seeing things and understanding that the initiator is not my logic, but my faith, my my willingness to trust God to do what he says do, to be obedient to what he says and how he says do things, opens me up, opens my mind up to know his truth. Because if I want to know his truth, but I do not want to be obedient to that truth, exactly why should God reveal it to me? Uh, That's a good question, isn't it? Why should he cast his pearls among swine? Why should his truth be given to those 
who will not trust him with it and act accordingly. And if you want to understand God and see God at depths, and somebody said this week, how do you see all these symbols and understand? It's not because I'm a good person. It's not because I've, I've done things right in my life all the time. That's just not, that's not how God works. It's because when I was young, I realized that God said, if you lack wisdom, you should ask him. That's in James chapter one. You should seek it out and you should trust him. He says, because if you ask, but you don't believe that he's going to give it to you. You're like a man who looks in the mirror or forgets what his face looks like. What he's saying is if I give you truth, but that truth is not built on, that truth is not given to me on a plate of faith, then I will look at it and then I'll see the truth. I'll look away and then I'll forget the truth because faith is what, cements that truth in your mind and cements that truth for your future. And so if you're not, if you're not, if you don't trust God in the beginning, if the process by which you come to that understanding is not a process of faith, then there's no way for that truth to remain. It will just be sand in your hand. The minute you open it up, it will just sift right on through. It'll just pour out because you don't have what's required in order to hold it. And that is faith. Faith is required to hold God's eternal truth. And if you don't trust him and you don't believe that he's going to give you that truth, and then you don't trust him in the midst of that understanding, then when you see it, then it's gone. It's like looking at my face in a mirror. I look at it and then I look away and I forget what I look like. It's, it's the same thing with God. And I would say to you, if you've been at church a lot, so many times and God's really shown you something and then it's just gone by the end of the week and you didn't even touch, well, the reason it's gone is because you have not trusted him. And so the truth that was revealed to you, you were not capable of, of retaining it. And, and retention doesn't have anything to do with intelligence. Uh, retention has to do with your ability to trust him with that understanding that he's given you. And if you can't do that, if you can't operate in faith, then it, it doesn't matter what truth God reveals to you. It will be gone. It, it, it'll, it'll be an illusion to you. It'll just be there and you'll see it and then it'll disappear. And I hope that's not the case for you. I hope that his truth, as the end of this Psalm says, I hope that his truth endures to all generations. I hope that his truth endures to you throughout your life and that you pass it on to the next generation and the next generation and maybe even the next generation. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.